Hey, it's Tim Benz of Breakfast with Benz at Trib Live and the Pittsburgh Steelers Football Network. Be sure to check out my podcast, the Pittsburgh CityCast, presented by Bet Rivers. We dive into the betting angles for all the Pittsburgh teams. If you're from Pittsburgh or a fan of any Pittsburgh sports teams and want to become a sharper better, this is the podcast for you. So subscribe, follow, and listen to the Pittsburgh CityCast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is the Pittsburgh CityCast with Tim Benz, presented by Bet Rivers. Man, that was a tough one. Yeah, no kidding, Mike. And imagine if you had the under in the game last night between the Steelers and Chargers. The only thing worse than the Steelers' defense last night was my gambling weekend. I think if it wasn't for Pitt and Virginia with the Cavaliers covering at Heinz Field, I might have gotten shut out. And the only thing more expensive than this past weekend for me personally might be for Kevin Colbert to rebuild the entire defense for the Steelers next year. I am Tim Benz. This is the Pittsburgh CityCast. Glad that you're with us here on a Monday morning, our instant reaction podcast to Steelers and Chargers last night in Los Angeles. And I can sum up that game in just three words. What a waste. Steelers fall to 5-4-1. Chargers improved to 6-4. and four. A game-long defensive debacle by a diminished Steelers depth chart wiped out what may have gone down as one of the great Steelers comebacks in team history as they fell 41-37. to Down 27-10 in the fourth quarter, the Steelers scored 27 points in the final frame and found themselves winning 37-34 with 324 left in the game after a Chris Boswell field goal. But the lead lasted all of three plays into Los Angeles' next drive when the Chargers scored what proved to be the game-winning touchdown on a blown coverage by the Steelers as Justin Herbert hit Mike Williams. In an instant, so much of what went into that comeback was erased. A blocked punt by Miles Killebrew, like the one he had against the Buffalo Bills. Cameron Hayward and Cameron Sutton's combined pass deflection and interception. A great night from Deontay Johnson and Chase Claypool. A combined 12 catches for 194 yards. Ben Roethlisberger posting a passer rating of 103.7 behind three touchdowns and no interceptions. Those were all what I would call feats of strength as we normally do in our Trib Live post-game wrap-up, but they were all left on the cutting room floor of this game when we looked at the highlight reel. So let's get to our airing of grievances instead, which is usually how we vent at the Trib each and every Monday when the Steelers lose, and there's plenty to get to on that front for the Pittsburgh City Cast this morning. By the way, the Madden Monday podcast, which you normally hear on Mondays here at the CityCast, brought to you as well by Bet Rivers. Download the app today or go to BetRivers.com. Uh, Mark and I, because of the late hour and because of his 105.9 The X duties, we couldn't hook up on Sunday night, so we will later on on Monday morning slash afternoon and get that posted for you as soon as possible. But you get Mark's take on this game as well, as always here on the CityCast. Now, we got to begin, I think, with the Steelers' injury-depleted defense, which was no match for Justin Herbert and the Chargers' offense. No T.J. Watt, no Minka Fitzpatrick, no Joe Hayden, no Stephon Tewitt, no Tyson Alualu, no hope. Here's what Mike Tomlin had to say about his patchwork D against a good Chargers' offense, and how it was picked apart on Sunday night. It was obvious that you know we didn't have a good enough plan tonight with our current uh, makeup and state. Um, we couldn't get enough 
stops defensively. Uh, we couldn't apply pressure with our four-man rush or keep him in the pocket. Um, we weren't good enough in coverage with, with less than seven. And so, you know, we got to get back to the drawing board and, and do a better job of putting them in position to be successful uh, with the people that we have at, uh, at our disposal. And, and that was challenging tonight, um, but we make no excuses. It needs to be better. Uh, that's how we win these circumstances and get out of these circumstances. The Chargers scored on their first five drives. Los Angeles' offense totaled 533 yards. That's 374 passing, 159 rushing. L.A. ran 69 plays and picked up 7.7 yards per snap. According to the Steelers radio broadcast after the game, Herbert is the first quarterback in the NFL to have over 380 passing yards and 90 rushing yards in a game. When the likes of Derek Tuska, Carl Joseph, Daniel Archibong, Akella Witherspoon, and Delonte Scott are trying to slow the likes of Herbert, Keenan Allen, and Austin Eckler, it's not going to end well. I have no shame in telling you, I cover the team. I have no idea who Daniel Archibong and Delonte Scott are. But we can't just stop with the defense. We have to keep going and go through the offense as well. And we got to get to that red zone sequence on their second offensive series. The Steelers made it to the Chargers' five-yard line with a first and goal. They tried to run with Chase Claypool on a first down. It only got three yards. Another run with Najee Harris yielded nothing. A third down pass to Claypool went incomplete. Then on fourth down, they tried an abomination of a play, a pass behind the line of scrimmage to Pat Fryermuth. Najee Harris went in motion to try to draw eyes away from it. No one bit. No one was fooled at all. And Fryermuth was stopped, and the Steelers didn't get any points. Only the Steelers could design a play that could somehow target a receiver short of the line to gain when it's fourth and goal from the two-yard line. That's almost impossible for the mind to grasp, but they did it, and we've seen them do stuff like this all year. I've been complaining nonstop of them throwing behind the line of scrimmage and short of the sticks. I give you this tweet from Warren Sharp from Sharp Football. The Steelers lead the NFL in fourth down passes short of the line of scrimmage. And then Roger Sherman of The Ringer tells us the Steelers now have four completed fourth down passes which failed to convert a first down. The rest of the NFL has nine total, and no one has more than one. At least I'm not the only one complaining about the Steelers' insistence of throwing short of the sticks, and the rest of the world is catching on now. For as bad as the defense was, the offense had plenty of shortcomings as well, not just that failed red zone sequence, like when they ran just 19 seconds off the clock, following Sutton's interception at the 34-yard line of the Chargers. Then there was some horrid pass protection for Ben Roethlisberger on the Steelers' last possession following Williams' touchdown. Roethlisberger absorbed two of his three sacks during that sequence. Also, the Steelers only got 55 yards rushing against a rush defense from the Chargers that's worst in the NFL entering this week, 155 yards per game. Najee Harris was limited to 39 yards after getting 105 last week. Mike Tomlin trying to explain what went wrong there. You know, he's our featured runner. He's good in the running game. He's good in the passing game. He's good in all circumstances. Um, our inability to stop him or slow him down really minimized his impact on the game tonight, which is obvious. Yeah, the Steelers were playing catch-up most of the game, so they probably couldn't run as much as they wanted. But an inability to do so when they needed it, especially early in the game, 
also prevented the Chargers' offense from staying on the sidelines and allowed them to get on the field all the more quickly. Now, let's look big picture. It was bad timing for a bad game. The Steelers lost Sunday night following an afternoon that featured every other AFC North team winning. The Baltimore Ravens, who are now 7-3, and and the Cleveland Browns, who are 6-5, and didn't look particularly good doing so, but at least they were victorious. Baltimore squeaked by the Bears, 16-13, without starting quarterback Lamar Jackson. Meanwhile, Cleveland scratched out a 13-10 win over the still-winless Lions. Oh, remember them. As for next week's opponent, the Cincinnati Bengals, they thumped Vegas 32-13. So let's ditch the, yeah, but everybody else in the division and conference is struggling too, excuse that was rolled out after the embarrassing 16-16 tie with the Lions last week. I don't know where the Steelers are going to be favored again the rest of this season. Is it going to be against the Bengals? Is it going to be against the Vikings? Probably not after the way things went this week. Here's Mike Tomlin again. I don't worry about the Joneses, to be honest with you. I stay focused on on what it is that we do. We step in the stadiums and we win games. We don't have to look around. And so that's generally our, our focus. Well, if they lose to the Bengals next week, they may not want to look at the standings again for the rest of the year. Uh, last thing, and this is just sort of a tangential thing, but it needs to be brought up. Those officials missed two blatant headshot penalties against the Chargers. Harris got blasted in the head by Kaiser White's elbow, and there was no call. Then after Sutton's interception in the fourth quarter, he got plowed in the helmet by Storm Norton, too. The slightest inconsequential tap on the head of a quarterback draws a flag. Those two plays were obvious and more dangerous than a lot of the flags drawn in the pocket by quarterbacks. The inequity of pass protection in the NFL for quarterbacks versus some other position players, it's disgusting. Not as bad as the Steelers' defense Sunday night, but still disgusting. All right, that'll do it for our Instant Reaction Podcast. Mark Madden coming up on Madden Monday. We'll have that for you, brought to you by Bet Rivers as well. Go to BetRivers.com or download the app today. We'll start looking ahead toward the Bengals game as the week rolls on. We'll preview all the Thanksgiving action, too, with Mike Persuda. Next week, we'll look ahead at Steelers-Bengals with Matt Williamson. This is the Pittsburgh CityCast. Bet River Sportsbook wants you to be in control of your football bets. That's why players love the same game parlays at Bet Rivers. Same game parlays let you mix and match player props and game bets and gives a payout boost to the winning combinations you want to root for. Combine two bets or combine many. You pick your confidence level and then watch the game unfold. Bet on same game parlays at BetRivers.com or download the Bet Rivers app. Presented by Rivers Casino Pittsburgh. Must be 21. Gambling problem? Call 1 800 Gambler. Zigazoo has made me zigzag. What I mean by that is I swore I would never let my kids on social media, but now I'm setting them loose on Zigazoo. Zigazoo is a space for kids to post videos they've created and to share them with other kids just like them. Videos that are moderated by actual people. And since there are no comments or messaging, you don't have to worry about social trolling. Zigazoo, the world's largest social network for kids. Download the Zigazoo app today. Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury. The premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Live March 20th from the Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City. 
featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. As someone who lives for politics, when a major scandal unfolds... It was shocking. I have to know. What were they thinking? Backroom deals. Huge amounts of money. CIA secrets. Sets off a firestorm in Washington. Affairs. No way this guy's got a mistress. Corruption. I knew I was a dead man. Warning, it's even messier than you thought. United States of Scandal with Jake Tapper, Sunday at 9 on CNN. Welcome to the Scene to Scene podcast. I am your host, Valerie Complex. Today, I am chatting with Ji Young Yu. Ji Young stars as co-lead in the six-part limited series, Expats. I think I learn a little bit with every character that I play. I think usually I play a character and it causes enough introspection that I learn something about myself. I honestly can't gush enough about Freaky Tales. I'm so excited to share it with more people. If you like what you hear, be sure to review, like, and subscribe to the Scene to Scene podcast.